Welcome to Hearts of Caregiving, Nurturing the Souls of Caregivers. This podcast focuses on supporting and empowering caregivers who selfishly dedicate their time and energy caring for others. Whether you're a professional caregiver or supporting a loved one, we offer a sanctuary for inspiration, self-care tips, and a reminder that you're not alone on your journey. Hosted by Velda Brennison, Janine Marbury Bryant, and Mary C. Hartfield. Tune in every Wednesday as we explore the profound impact of caregiving and discover the power of nurturing your own heart along the way. Welcome to Hearts of Caregiving, Nurturing the Souls of Caregivers. You know, we want to welcome everyone here today. I'm one of your hosts, Mary C. Hartfield, and we have our, one of our co-hosts, Janine Bryant, Marbury Bryant. How are you, Janine? I'm doing great, Mary. And you notice our um, Velda, our, one of our co-hosts, she's not here today, but we are going to carry on. One of the things is that during this um, podcast, we really want to give you insights and resources and really to support empowered caregivers. Um, we know that caregivers devote their time into caring for others. So we want to be a place of resources and we're going to be um, talking about things of caregivers that you can need and empower you. Um, I know next month in October, we're going to focus on affirmations and we'll talk about that at the top show in um, October. But today um, we've been interviewing and telling you about our journeys as caregivers Last week, we interviewed Valda Branson, so if you haven't seen that, um, go and hear her story. And today, we're going to um, interview Janine Marbury Bryant, and I call it the wisdom and resilience, you know, because she's going to give a lot of it to you. So just want to talk about, so Janine, to start out, um, talk about when did you really step into that caregiver role and what prompted this transition in your life? Well, uh, first, Mary, I definitely want to say, well, thank you for for taking on this project that we're working on. Um, I will say that I was a caregiver for my husband. And when I stepped into the role, it was probably uh, when he got his diagnosis, the first diagnosis of of renal failure, which was approximately 11 years ago. Um, and the reason why I say it started way back then is because there were things that he had to go through a lifestyle change, uh, with that diagnosis so that he could, uh, better manage his disease because it is a, a, it's, it's a life-changing chronic illness, a disease that just doesn't go away. When you need dialysis, you need dialysis. So I would say it was about 11 years ago and it changed, of course, and my involvement became uh, more much greater as, as time went on. Right. It definitely so intensified. <laughs> yeah, definitely. About, well, how did you, about, I mean, I, I believe um, Janine, I've been friends for years, just 
really, really, really just friends for years. We start working back together in our banking days. So I know that you were still working. So how did you balance all of that? Well, at first it was it was just a matter of 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 managing appointments for doctor visits. Uh, but then it became uh, actual classes and training in order for okay. us to do dialysis at home. So that uh, that changed probably about six years ago uh, when we actually I had to actually retire um, okay. and focus more time on James because he had not only just a renal failure, but he also had uh, a congestive heart and some other medical issues that kept him from healing. And I believe it was the diabetes that was behind his vascular disease that he okay. had. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lot of it with that, um, you know, you, you know, changing so once you came home, trying to balance out, taking care of them, whatever, what what changed in your life and in your home? Ooh, okay. Uh, what changed was our time together. Uh, James was already retired, and so he was already home, and that put me there with him, uh, like twenty four seven. Okay. Then it became we became a partnership in terms of a team care. Uh, He had to have meals prepared that were, that worked within his, his diet restrictions. He also had to have um, time for healing. And I had to do wound care because his legs, which he eventually lost both uh, required a lot of, uh, of attention several, sometimes a couple times a day. So, So, you know, you talked about, we be really became a part, real partnership, you know, you know, in marriage, I know you two are already a partners in marriage, but when it comes to one person, you know, needs to be taken care of and you're the caregiver. So talk about that partnership that you had to develop. Well, the partnership that we had to develop was a very close and uh, we had to come to terms with James was losing his ability to care for himself and yet needed to have hands-on care. So that meant that I had to, to step in and fill that role. I had to keep in mind that it's not the way I want would want it done, but it was how he would want it done. And it's a real challenge for uh, two strong-willed individuals to make that happen. And I had to take the responsibility of stepping back, letting go, and following him, and letting him be the guide when it came to his care. And that's not an easy thing to do. It's an easy thing to say, (laughs) I'm here for you. But to really be there for a person, you have to listen to what it is that they're saying. You have to listen to how they're emotional and uh, where they're at. Um, And a lot of times when you're dealing with a chronic illness, you are dealing with someone 
who is also very emotional um, mm -hmm. and in denial. A part of it is denial because they don't right. realize how how serious the condition is. We, we always want to look on the bright side. Even as a caregiver, right. you have to have that hope and that knowledge of things will get better. Right, um, right. You know, you touched on um, how did you really cope with those feelings and maintain that emotional well-being when, because I know how it was. Me as a caregiver, my husband, like you said, I had to realize, like you said, it wasn't about me and how I want to do things. It was about him and what he wants for his care and for his life and accept that. So how did you really cope with those feelings and maintain emotional well-being? Well, a lot of it was prayer. Um, okay. I am a woman of faith. And I also am a woman who believes in connection with other people. Um, mm -hmm. And other people are being the, the, the first goal is family. I have a very right. close family. Right. I raised uh, my children to be uh, to be responsible and caring for one another. And I hit the jackpot when it came to um, having two wonderful daughters that uh, were there in my backbone for, for a number of years. Um, talk talk about that. Um, how talk more about having that team around you, the team around, uh, around me, not only were my daughters, but also my sister, uh, my sister Cheryl, who uh, who knows me best, <laughs> knew how to quietly be there right. and offer truly needed, much needed uh, uh, work in my kitchen. Because <laughs> we are a family that likes to cook, but we also right. don't like to clean up after that so much. Right. And, and right. she could just come in and just do the dishes and 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 make it beautiful again so that we can go in for the next meal around. But for Jennifer and Jessica, uh Jessica and her husband Mejdi live with us, and they were uh a very much part of team. Mejdi did a lot of the lifting, the heavy, the heavy work that needed to be done. Jessica was always around to to have her dad smile and um, take care of the uh, of laundry of I'll think about all the different things that we do for ourselves right. that now right. has to be incorporated with another person's life. Yes. And all the way from bathing to laundry, to meals, to having fun because, yeah. because you're sick doesn't mean that you can't have fun. And so we would go um, and you need a team because uh, transportation and a wheelchair is, is not always easy to do. So um, we would go on little, little small junket trips for day trips and sometimes even a, a little weekend jaunt. Uh, and it, because it helps the spirit. So to see, uh, to have a different environment to be in. It does wonders for the spirit. It does wonders for the soul on, on having new experiences and being out in nature. And uh, yeah, James enjoyed our backyard, but getting into the backyard was not a, just a matter of just, 
you know, walking outside because when you when you lose right. that ability, it's time consuming. Yeah. What I liked is that um, game night. I love all we always the years coming over to your house for game night and my husband couldn't come with us. But EJ and I would be like, OK, we're going over to game night. You'll call him and say, hey, we're having game night. We have a theme night with food and come over that that it was nice that you didn't. St- you know, some people stop that thing. and Oh, I can't handle all of this. But yet you'd continued it. It was a tradition in your family. Our That's right. We always go on with traditions. One of my traditions is always decorating for the holidays. Yes. Doesn't matter what holiday it is. I even decorate for uh, Valentine's Day. So yes, she does. <laughs> we do all the holidays, and and James always enjoyed that because he knows I keep up with the seasons, and uh, decorating is just part of it. So. Yeah. And, it, you know, and I think it's even more, I always kind of laugh at people when I watch those organization shows and people have a closet for the different holidays. I have another um, friend and her husband is really like that too. And I was like thinking, oh my God, that's too much work. But yet I think about how it changes the atmosphere for someone that is in the home all the time. All the time. Yes, it does. So you will yeah. have to do a podcast on that. That That's a good one to do it on, how to change that atmosphere, just changing things during how the holiday. And involve your own creativity. Um, involve the person that you're taking care of. Invite them into watercolors. Invite them into drawing. Right. Um, that was one of, one of the things that uh, James enjoyed was um, not all the time would he like to look at pictures and make collages and stuff, but we did some of that, um, putting putting things together uh, to inspire us. And the last, the there was a poster that we did. We have a friend, her name's Janelle, and Janelle brought us a spiritual level in bringing us together as a group. And we would do a Zoom call. And this Zoom call could be a way of, she got us to do a vision board, a vision for where we want it to be. And James was, you know, he was just set on being able to walk again. And so we did a, um, a poster of joy stand up, see it, do it. And it was, uh, it was a great, that was great. And it, and it did, and it lifted him so much, even though he, he enjoyed the process. Right. And then he enjoyed the result of it. And I, I still have that poster. Um, wow, that's we, awesome. We left, it up, we left it up. Yes. You talked about, I know we've talked about this before is that sometimes you know, you go to a meeting with the doctor and he says, this is what needs to be done. But the person you're taking care of is kind of like they're in denial yeah. <laughs> or they don't understand the language of what the doctor is saying. So, you know, what you did was so talk about that. What did you do to make sure um, that he was getting the right care and that he understood mm-hmm. the care that he that needed to be done and what he needed to do? Well, this is another part of our team members. One part of our, our not everyday involved team members was, was my sister, Michelle. She's a registered nurse and 
uh, many years of experience in, in with different avenues for for care for caregiving professionally. So I had a wonderful resource that I could go to. And she would say, Janine, go to the class, go to the class, get the information. He doesn't want to do it. It's fine. You work with what you have to work with. And so I would go, uh, rather it was dietitian or wound care. I would go to the class and come back with the information, not only able to do it because I'm in charge of that kitchen, right? but also the wound care. I can do that as well. So, and it helped him. And, and then he eventually could see uh, the results of, yes, you know, when you, when you do the, the wound care daily, do it twice a day. Yes, it is more um, palatable. It is getting better. You can see a little uh, improvement, but you know, it's not our will. It's our Lord's will. Right, right. You went a little bit further. You went to a conference. Oh yes, and I can't, I can't sing the praises enough of the American Association for Kidney Patients, and it is an association that, for people with renal failure, Mm -hmm. it is the it's patient driven. So not only are doctors, nurses, uh, vendors, suppliers for dialysis. Uh, social workers. It is the place for resources that you may need. Uh, Kidney, once you have renal failure, kidney dialysis is the only uh, disease that is covered by Medicare uh, from the time that you're diagnosed with it. Right, yes. And it doesn't matter how old you are. Mm -hmm. It is covered. So that everyone has that. And there's so many different types of ways to get dialysis that uh, it truly is. Uh, That conference that we went to was truly eye opening and it and it opened up options. You do not just have to go to a center three times a a week for dialysis. There is a way to do it at home. Rather, it's peritoneal, which is using the membrane that is in your abdomen. Mm-hmm. And the use of gravity with dialysate uh, solution, yeah. or doing hemodialysis, which is blood dialysis in your home, it can be done. Um, and that association, the American Association for Kidney Patients, is is a, a resource that was invaluable to us. Yeah, and I know you and your daughter went to the one, first one in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas. What I thought was great is the next one you took James with you. And yes. I remember he when he talked about it, you know, that he was out there where other men that was doing it, you know, had was a patient, had to do dialysis like him. And that has such an impact on him because he talked about it all the time, the impact. You know, I could talk to other guys. And it's more like I wasn't out there alone because sometimes when you get sick, you think, why me? I'm alone in this. Yeah, you have all these people are involved. So I think that was powerful that you connected your family to that. And he was connected to it. And he was most connected to it. Yes. He appreciated the uh, the patients that were there. 
people who right. are doing well with dialysis, traveling, uh, keeping on uh, with their lives. One of the things that we found out very early with James was that he was not going to be a candidate for uh, a transplant. Okay. Uh, his his veins, the 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 disease that he had was it's just it was just not going to work for him. Right. Uh, not everybody can have a so it was going to be dialysis, and so uh, we had to look into all the different ways of of giving that to him. Uh, oh, and with the people who experience things, that's another thing that when you experience something, uh, when you're going through something, it is so important to have others and to share your experience that you're having. Um, it was an uh, eye-opening and also an empowering uh, experience for James to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. As we close, um, you know, you just brought the word empowerment. I was going to ask you, as your role as a caregiver, um, you know, I know it empower you even in the midst of the challenges. So how do how did you stay empowered? You know, because like you said, it's a long journey that started. So how do you keep yourself empowered in the midst of all those challenges? Prayer for me is very powerful. Yes. I begin my day with it and I end my day with it. And during my day, I'm in it. I call on, I call on the Lord. Right. Uh, right. And so not only that is that you also have to admit to yourself you are a human being with mm-hmm. all the emotions of the person that you're caring for. Right. And so part of those emotions get to be, okay, when do I get my turn? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when do I get my turn? Right. And for me, it was, okay, I'm going to let James know that I need to get refreshed and right. um, and go and and he would he would be in agreement with that mm-hmm. and I would go I'd go out to Arizona and visit my dad um, who who really taught me how to be a caregiver because I watched him take care of my dad of my mom when when she had cancer right. and so right. I know the importance of Caring for yourself, yes, giving yes. yourself little breaks, calling on your friends, uh, rather that's can hey, can you make me a cake? <laughs> you know, I don't have time to do my bacon, or can you just come over um, and we can play some cards, or can you can you help me escape a little bit? What I would like for people to remember is that you need to take time for yourself, be forgiving of yourself, accept all the emotions that come with it, and you will have anger, you will have joy, you will feel like you're in an endless pit sometimes, but know that the work that you're doing is for the love of the person that you are caring for. And if you keep that in mind, you will have the strength. You will find joy in some of the toughest situations. James 
in transporting him one time. It was just me. And he slipped off that slide board that was putting him in the in the car. And it was amazing. I had the strength to keep mm -hmm. him from hitting that concrete. You will be able to do what it is that you have to do because you have the you had the faith and you had the hope and you yeah. also yeah. have you also have the person that you are caring for at the forefront of your mind so just just know that um it's it's hard it's hard work there's this is this is a journey that's for uh people that are strong and if you have any doubts of your strength just start thinking about the love that is in your heart because that's what love is it's your action and right. think of the way you want to be treated and you'll be great yeah that's good thank you to me mm -hmm. so much um we really appreciate you sharing your story because i know your story is fresh story um so thank you so very much we also want to thank you for joining us on this episode of hearts of caregiving we hope that today's story uh, insights and discussion have provided comfort information inspiration and connection um remember you're not alone on this journey for more, more caregiving support uplifting stories and updates about the podcast be sure to follow us on our facebook page at hearts of caregiving. You know, our mission is to create a space where caregivers can find comfort and strength, knowing their journey is valued and shared by community understands. We drop a new podcast every Wednesday, so mark your calendars and stay tuned for more heartfelt conversations. As you care for others, always remember to take care of yourself. Your well-being is essential. Until next time, keep nurturing those caring hearts. Take care. Thank you for listening to Hearts of Caregiving. You can find us on our Facebook page, Hearts of Caregiving. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. Until next time, take care.